1: Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, this is Bob Asman, your host for another episode of All Things Considered, CX. We're glad you're back to listen to this episode. Today's guest I think you'll enjoy hearing from. He's an author and a customer experience professional. I'm joined today by Gavin Scott. Gavin, welcome. Glad to have you on the All Things Considered CX podcast. Introduce yourself to our listeners, please.
0: Bob, thank you for having me and uh, yes, uh Coming to you live all the way from South Yorkshire uh, in the UK, Um, and it's great to be here. We're we're just about to uh, start a a football match this evening. Uh, England actually play against the the Czech Republic, so it's literally one hour before kickoff. But yes, in in terms of who I am, I'm a customer experience uh, expert, author and podcaster, and I help my clients to have great conversations with their customers.
1: Well, Gavin, I'm glad we scheduled this at the appropriate time so you don't miss any part of the football game. Right? That's that's the most important thing.
0: <laughs> well, this is it. It's a, it's a little bit tense right now here in England. You know, we've got a bit of a situation as to whether we're going to qualify, and uh, hopefully we can qualify as group winners. So, uh, my family. Uh, waiting in the living room for the, for the game to kick off. But uh, yes, we'll certainly be there before kickoff, which is eight o'clock, literally 50 minutes from now, but uh, all good, all good.
1: Oh, that's great. So Gavin, before we get into some of uh, uh, specific topics, our listeners always like to know about what is the career path? How, how did you end up being a CX professional? Oftentimes, as cx professionals we don't wake up one day and say i want to be a cx professional uh, you know as opposed to a uh, some other occupation and so how did you get here today what happened where what's your path that that led you to today
0: yeah it's a, it's a great question bob and i i often ask a similar question when i have guests on my own podcast but When it comes to my background, uh, I spent uh, 17 years, my first 17 years of life living in a pub. So my mum and dad uh, owned a pub and so serving the general public and making them happy was certainly something that I was accustomed to from a very young age. I watched my mum and dad entertain, engage, uh, and enjoy moments with people as as they drank a few pints of beer and celebrated many, many different occasions. And so, you know, certainly um, that whole experience of of working face-to-face with the general public, I guess it's part of my DNA. And um, my granddad, uh, he also had a pub and I mean, he was a great storyteller, Bob. I mean, I used to sit there for endless hours listening to him tell great stories that were fun, that were memorable, that were a little bit crazy, but they really stood out. And so I guess when you when you fuse the two together. Uh, and you think about the, the interactions that I've had with the general public from my time working in with a woman and dad in the pubs, and then listening to my granddad, I guess customer service and storytelling was with me from a very early age. And like many people who've worked in customer service, you know, I've worked uh, as a waiter, uh, interacting w- with people and serving tables and, and trying to get, tips and make people happy and enjoy their moments with their families and their husbands and their wives and whatnot so i really enjoyed doing that and then when i left university my first job um, was as a temporary advisor working for a company uh, called o2 at the time it was called bt mobile and i got Mm -hmm. this temporary job Uh, as as a customer service advisor. And in my head, it was a bit of a stopgap. I thought, right, you know, I'll I'll do this job for a short period of time until I get a proper job. That was what I had in my head. (laughs) But actually, I just loved it, you know, speaking to customers, you know, sorting them, uh, their mobile phone queries out, just helping them to get online, Uh, helping them with billing issues, which were a bit more of a challenge. But once you managed to work through them and get them sorted out, the satisfaction of doing that was just great. And so, you know, I'm just passionate about, you know, helping helping people. And I worked through my time with O2, and I helped to move them from fourth to first in the marketplace for customer satisfaction, along with many other people who were on board with that. Um, And, yeah, I, I worked there for 12 years. And then after that period of time, I thought, you know what? I'd like to go solo. I um, had this uh, itch that I needed to scratch. And one day I said to my wife, I said, love, I'm thinking about setting up my own training business. What do you think? She says, why don't you go for it? And that was it. That was all I needed. My wife says, go for it. And she specifically said, she says, love, if you're passionate about something, I'm sure you will make it a success. And that was back in 2009. And here we are, 2021. I've had my own business uh, for, what, 12 years. And, you know, I just love helping my clients to create exceptional customer experiences. And, uh, yeah, just helping people to have great conversations uh, continues as I'm, you know, now 45. So it certainly started from a very young age, and uh, I'm definitely passionate about it. And I don't feel like I do a day's work. I, I just enjoy the stuff that I do, Bob. And it's, um, yeah, it's it, it's it's very fulfilling, very rewarding, and very enjoyable.
1: Well, it's not work when it's enjoyable, right? When you get up and and are excited about going to work every day. It's, it's a passion, and it's, like you said, it's part of your DNA. What, what I found interesting about your career path is, and listeners to this podcast uh, will have heard uh, Anita uh, Ciesios out of Melbourne, Australia, who's a CX professional, down under, as she says. And she talks about her family-owning a fish and chips restaurant and working in the restaurant and have a, has a very similar background to yours uh, to the pub experience that you shared and your comments about customer service and storytelling, are there some particular things that stand out to you in that experience that kind of drive your passion today?
0: Yeah, I mean, if I think about it, um, you know, when it comes to uh, you know serving people pints of beer, right? Mm-hmm. You 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 watch them take the first sip. Uh, and they may have just finished a long day at work and you watch them take their first sip and, and, and you're sitting there and you're looking and you're thinking, is that good? And like, that tastes great. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> You've got another satisfied customer. But the moment, you know, you, you, you know people look at it and they have a taste of it and it's not quite right. You're like, okay, let's get this sorted out. Let's let us see what's going on. In. Let, let, me, let me pull you another pint, whatever that might be. But there was always that focus on making sure that the customer was happy they felt like they were getting good value for money um they were, had a smile on their face they they enjoyed uh, the interaction the conversation and um, yeah that, that i think that's certainly the an approach that i've always took you, you just want to you know make the experience a good one so that they come back i mean mm-hmm. if you think about it when it when it comes to pubs um you know, you want those customers to be coming back every day. And and if, if the beer is not great, then you ain't going to see them again. And so you've got to make sure that every single pint is a great one, because, you know, if you do that, they'll come back uh, the following day, the following week, whatever that might be. And, um, yeah, it was just uh, that was the whole focus on making sure the customers were happy.
1: It, it sounds so simple, doesn't it, Gavin? But boy, we seem to complicate it, don't we?
0: Well, this is it. I mean, and if you think about what happens today, um, you you know, people just want things to be easy. And and, and once it starts to get complicated, especially when you think about the fact that we live in a world of efficiency, where speed is of the essence, once something starts to get slightly complicated for me as a a consumer, then I'm going to go somewhere else. I mean, I think about, you know, some of these online forms that I fill in and, you know, initially I think, okay, I'll quickly just get this form filled in and, you know, I, I get a bit frustrated when it takes me like more than 60 seconds and then something pops up and says, this is not correct. And you've got to go back and you're like, what's not correct? What is it? You end up putting wrong data into the form just to make sure it it, it gets accepted. Um, and you think, what the hell is this all about? I mean, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, you know, be, be using this sort of service again. So, uh, and if you think about the whole situation with, with the pandemic, Bob, um, I, I don't know about you, but those companies that that made it easy for me to spend my money, that made it easy for me to transact, then, you know, I would, I, I, I'd be using them over and over again. And the minute someone Made it more complex and more tedious, and a bit more frustrating for me. Note to self: don't use them again. And that's how it was. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, I certainly had plenty of brown boxes arriving at my front door throughout lockdown. <laughs> Probably had a two, two or three arrive today as well. But um, and that's a thing, you know. People then start comparing the approach that you take with the service and the experience that you provide to companies like uh, Amazon and you know this is what happens so you're not just being compared to other companies in your industry or your sector you're being compared to companies who just do it really well um, and so you've got to make sure you you really keep focused on this and just keep pace um, with with some of the ones or some of the main companies who are absolutely smashing it out of the park when it comes to the experience they provide their customers with
1: Gavin, I I think you've really made some important uh, points there in terms of sometimes organizations spend so much time focused on their direct competitor and wonder why things aren't going well with their customers. Because as you said, the customers are comparing them to other organizations, other companies, other stores that they do business with. They're not necessarily a direct competitor, but they say, such and such a place gets it to me faster or higher quality than than the place I'm dealing with, and and that's so important to remember that, especially in the in these days of Amazon, where uh, it seems like all organizations are being compared to what Amazon does. Uh, I think you made a really good point on the on the competitive front there. <laughs>
0: Yes. And that's the thing. And and, and sometimes, you know, we we, we focus too much on on what our competitors are doing rather than thinking about how, how can we do something that forces our competitors to want to follow us? Why don't we take that sort of approach? How can we create a movement whereby our competitors think, you know what, that is so good. That is so good that we need to do it. But we can't do things like that if we're focused too much on what they're doing. And so again, it's about, okay, you know, in any organization, uh, you know, the story starts from within. And you've got to really make great use of the capability of the people within your team. And I think, you know, most organizations, you know, are not fully utilizing the full capability of their people. But once you start doing that, and you focus on, you know, creative and different and innovative ways of doing things, then you often surprise yourself when it comes to some of the uh, the different ways of working that uh, that that can be delivered against, or that can be achieved, or that can come out of some of these um, brainstorming um, exercises that you do when you when you focus on, you know what's the future focus need to be how can we do things a little bit different a little bit more special what what's new that we can move into that that will make our competition go we need to do that
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's 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 going to that's going to be something that's going to you know make people want to jump out of bed in the morning and think right you know we do you know i, I can't wait to go to work and, and going back to the point you mentioned earlier on bob about you know um it, it, if you're passionate about something um it, it's it's not work And I certainly know now that for me, you know, I I don't have a high on a Friday. I I don't have a low on a Monday morning. Um, I'm pretty high all the time, which probably annoys quite a few people. Um, uh, But, you know, I, I just find it quite fascinating sometimes when I see people getting all giddy and excited on a Friday afternoon and then i see people getting a bit down in the dumps and a bit moody and a bit despondent on a sunday night and i'm like wow i mean you know if if, if it makes you like that then maybe maybe you need to be working somewhere else and so yeah and I'm probably some of my friends think well you're just lucky gav you're just lucky well You've got to create your own look, haven't you, Bob? And um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not just a case of luck, it's it's about hard work and graft. And I'm certainly a grafter uh and, and a hard worker. Um, but going back to what my granddad said, he used to say, you know what, Gav, it's Christmas every day, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm like, Yeah, you know what? Let's that, that, that that's a great little um motto to live your life by.
1: <laughs> so true. And i uh, I can tell you. Uh, listening to you that your passion and your energy comes through to our listeners. And, and uh, I think it's great advice to be, to be uh, high throughout the week and not lament a Sunday night. I'm, I'm smiling and laughing as you were describing uh, that passion and energy Uh, listeners. As a reminder, you're listening to my guest, Gavin Scott on the all things considered CX podcast. Gavin, uh, in between building your own business and and uh, advancing your your own CX career, you've had time to write a book, uh, Finding Gold Dust. Tell us about it and uh, and then we'll get into a little bit of some of the nuggets within that book.
0: Yeah, sure. And, and thanks for asking about that, Bob. I do appreciate it. But um, again, that's a story in itself. Uh, back in March last year, I had plenty of Uh, clients who were booked in for events that I was delivering. And then we had a situation where COVID happened, right? And it was like a scene out of the, the New York Stock Exchange where everything was green. And then the bells started to ring as my my clients started to cancel and everything turned red. And it was like, wow, I, I've heard something, you know, someone describe it like um, a, a U.S. airport where you're stood there in the terminal. And then there's, there's a snow blizzard and then all the flights go cancel, 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 canceled. That's what it felt like in my business back in March last year. And I had time on my hands. And I thought, you know what? I could sit here and and bitch, moan, and whinge about the current situation, and I could wallow in the proverbial for a period of time. But I thought, okay, what opportunities um, has this presented that uh, I'm not going to have um, in when 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 the when the when business is going well? You know, how can I make this situation great? And, you know, I'm quite anal when it comes to k- keeping a record of my stories, Bob. And um, when I deliver events, I-, I have a series of stories. I've got about, had about you know, 40 or 50 different stories on-, on an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, my wife thinks I'm just, you know... <laughs> so crazy that I keep my stories on a spreadsheet but uh, you know everyone's different aren't they and, and I'm quite a logical um, um, uh, analytical type person when it comes to stuff like that everything has a place and there's a place for everything and so when when COVID happened I thought okay now's the time Gav. now is the time to write a book and so you are you know you, you're going to have a good chunk of time here so let's let's make this happen and so I did. And in six and a half weeks, I wrote the uh, the, the first draft. Um, I put my stories into a series of 40 or just under 40 uh, chapters, um, all following a process uh, when it comes to you know how I tell stories. And I learned this from the Professional Speakers Association about... Uh, it's, the approach that I take when it comes to stories is uh, it's called PSA. So P stands for you know point, S stands for story, and A stands for application. So I, I make a point, tell a story, and then I get people to think about how they can apply it. Mm. And and that certainly works when I when I'm delivering events, and so I, I, and it works uh, when I'm. When I wrote the uh, wrote the book and um, yeah, so I, I the, the the forty chapters and my aim was to get it to number one on Amazon. I was totally focused on that. It um, it, it it launched on the tenth of December, and on the eleventh of December I, I was sat uh, watching a program called uh, Strictly Come Dancing here in the UK on a Saturday evening at half past seven. I checked on Amazon and the book was number one in three categories, and so. We celebrated with beer and pizza and um,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we, we had a fun evening and I, I, I was blown away with the fact that, you know, I, I had a Christmas number one, you could say, Bob, and, um, really? you know, I, I, I couldn't believe it. So, uh, yeah, Finding Goldust, uh, number one bestseller in three categories on Amazon. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that? And, uh, yeah, it's just amazing.
1: Well, congratulations on that. How did you arrive at the title? So,
0: when I, it's funny because we went through it, it was originally called Customer Service 101, right? And it didn't quite feel right. Then it, then it was how to make yourself memorable, because one of the things that I, I did when I left O2, Bob, was I became a self taught memory expert. And I did a period of a couple of years where I, I, I used to go and visit schools and deliver memory techniques to um, help kids to get better exam results. And, um, and so, you know, I, I focus a lot on memory and, and I try to make sure that when I deliver events, I, I make great use of, of visuals and hand drawn images and use trigger images and storytelling as I've as I already mentioned. Um, so I thought maybe we can call it something like make yourself memorable because, you know, that's a little bit about, you know, the approach that I take. But then I've, I've always talked about the fact that in every conversation that you have with a customer, there's gold dust, there's gold dust in every conversation. And the more you listen out for it, the, 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 the more you find, you know, it, 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 it's like when you buy a new car, right? you know, before you buy that car, nobody's got one like it. <laughs> but, but once you've bought that car, you drive off that forecourt, and these cars, they're just bloody everywhere. <laughs> and you're like, I, I can't believe this. I mean, how many people have got a car? I mean, I, I bought this new car. I remember driving down the motorway, you, the, the freeway in America, and there was someone driving behind me in exactly the same car, the same color. I was like, I can't believe this. Everyone's got a car like this. <laughs> but but the thing is those cars have always been there right but the more right. that i uh, you know I'm, I'm looking for them the more i find and so you know i say to people in conversations with your customers the more you go looking for the gold dust and i'm talking about you know personal information that people share once you're into an engaging conversation once you've created a connection with them you can unearth a huge amount of gold dust and so go looking for that gold dust When it comes, make a mental note of it and then use it later on in the conversation to really demonstrate how much you are listening to your customers. Because if you do that, they will love you for it. And so the end of each chapter, as we were writing it, we put down um, gold dust. What's the gold dust? As a bit of a summary. And so naturally, just before the book was due to launch, when we were thinking, what can we call it? What can we call it? Then my, my graphic designer, a guy called John Montgomery, he says, Gav, what about Finding Goldust? And I was like, that's genius. That <laughs> is genius. I was like, John Montgomery, you are the man. I, I mean, I can't believe it. Why didn't anyone think of that? But it's just absolutely perfect. So Finding Goldust was born, and, and, and that was the title we went with.
1: I, I love the story about the storytelling. That that's That's classic. <laughs> uh, a Gavin that you could, uh, I'm not surprised, but I, I love the fact that there's a story about the storytelling that that's fantastic. So uh, to entice our leader or our listeners to um, buy the book, do you want to share a couple of, you've already done that, but a little bit. So you want to share any nuggets, uh, additional nuggets for our readers to entice them to go out there and keep you on number one on Amazon?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, d- 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 what 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 was another uh, and I'm conscious that I'm telling lots of stories here, Bob, so forgive me for doing that. But um the Well, if they is- were
1: bad stories, I'd stop you, Gavin. But they've been pretty darn good so far. So <laughs> I'm letting you go. <laughs> make sure,
0: make sure you put the brakes on. You know, if you want to say, Gav, that's just rubbish, stop now, and then I will. Yeah. Um but fair enough. But but, but the, the, the book um is endorsed by Lee Cockerell, the executive vice president of Walt Disney Resort. And you know, to get his name on the front of the book, that in itself was just an amazing achievement. And but, absolutely. But I didn't, you know. Do I know Lee? No, I don't. But I was thinking about, okay, who can I get as a, a real big hitter on the front of the uh, on the front of the book? And I put a message out on LinkedIn. Okay, and my wife reshared the message. Now she had a coffee with someone five or six years ago. Okay, he saw her message and he said, my wife's called Amy. He said, said, Amy, uh, I can see your husband's looking for, you know, a a key person to get an endorsement from. Tell him to give me a quick call. So I gave this guy a call. His name was Jim uh, Jim. Jim Heatherton, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, and I called him. I says, says Jim, you know, I, I believe you can help. He says, yeah, I've got a few key people I know. Um, I, I'll send some messages out. And he sent uh, a draft copy of the book to a few key people: uh, Michael Heppel, uh, Ken Blanchard, um, and he sent it across to Lee Cockerell, Um, And this is on like, on a Friday. And Lee Cockrell came back and says, When do you want the endorsement by? And I was like, Lee, I know it's really it's really soon, but if you can do something by at least Tuesday next week, that'll be great. And he came back with that one liner saying, Finding gold dust is like magic. Study and apply these lessons to create Disney magic in your organization. I mean, you can imagine when they like that came back, Bob, that I was just blown away. But but the the, the, the story was that my wife had a cup of coffee with this guy called Jim five years ago. Jim actually paid for the coffee, right? Jim paid for the coffee. (laughs) And then he saw this post on LinkedIn. Clearly he he must've enjoyed the conversation that he had with my wife, uh, which was great. And then that connection then turned into an endorsement on the front of the book. And so you know that whole thing about you know six steps of separation. I think it's something like that, isn't it? Or the six degrees of separation, or whatever that might be. You know, we all know someone, um, and we all have those contacts. And often we we don't even know um, you know where they are, but they do exist. The more you look for them, the more you find them, right? And so that was just a, a beautiful little story there. So,
1: is there a better example of how important networking is than that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it, it's just, you, 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 you've, um, uh, for me, you've always just got to give people value. And I, I'm always sharing value on LinkedIn and just giving people good value and, and uh, you know, given you shall receive. I'm a firm believer in that. And some people are often frustrated saying, you know, stop giving this stuff away, Gav. And it's like, well, listen, you know, what goes around comes around and, you know, network with people, engage with people's content, you know, comment on some of the information they share. I'm, I'm you know, I'm always nice about it. I'm not, I'm not an arse when it comes to how I respond to people. I'm always like that. I love that. That's great to share. Thank you for that. I take time to personalize my invites. There's just little things that you got to do and it's the small things that make a big difference. Um, but, you know, if, if i if i'm talking about you know creating exceptional customer experiences then i've got to walk the talk every day and everything that i do right you've got to do that right because you know you've got to be true to yourself in terms of the approach that you take and so you know i always focus on making sure that you know i am yeah constantly networking and and making sure that i remember little bits of detail and, and personalize those messages and say happy birthday and say congratulations or whatever that, whatever it might be, because you never know, you never know when you might need to, um, you know, make use of that contact or a contact of that contact that you've got. So, um,
1: so, so yeah, true. I, I saw a post on Twitter, uh, uh, not pretty recently, a week or two ago. And, and the person said, kind of matter of factly, here's the deal with Twitter. If you want to build your Twitter following, you have to like and reshare uh, other people's Twitter uh, uh, tweets. Uh, tweets. Yeah, and yeah. so I was like, okay, that's pretty basic, right? If you need to build your own account, you need to be active on others' accounts so that then they share and and build your network with you. So sage advice there from you as well.
0: Yeah, I and mean, if you think about it, you know, like anything... Um, there's a process, okay, and sometimes the process can be a little bit time-consuming, um, and it can be a little bit tedious. But ultimately, you know, if you follow the process, if you do it on a regular basis, the results will take care of themselves. I mean, I can't remember which speaker I heard say about when it comes to wanting to lose weight. Okay, you have this goal in mind. I want to. I want to lose. I don't know. I mean, we use pounds, you know, do, what do you, in, in America, is it, is it stones or, or, or uh, pounds, pounds, or pounds works. Power.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Let's
0: say I, I want to lose, you know, six, six pounds. Okay. So there's your end goal. So how do you get there? Well, you got to focus on the daily diet. You mm-hmm. focus on the daily diet. And the end goal will take care of itself. And so we, we, when it comes to anything, what's the process? And so in this situation, when it comes to getting getting more followers on Twitter, it's about, you know, liking, uh, sharing and retweeting and commenting on tweets. Follow the process. And you know what? You will be able to watch the number of followers increase over time. But life's a, a marathon, not a sprint, right? And some people want to get a quick fix and a quick hit. Uh, and they're not prepared to... Um, have the staying power that's sometimes needed, especially when it comes to you know things like you know social media and building strong relationships. So, yeah, all so good. So
1: true, Gavin. This has been a wonderful session together with you. I'm sure our listeners are enjoying the conversation and the stories. I I ask this of all my guests before we adjourn the podcast, and that's final thoughts or advice you have for customer experience professionals for, for individuals or organizations, just trying to do better, make it easy for their customers, a mantra that I, I uh, particularly like and, and profess around being easy to do business with. What are some final thoughts and advice you have?
0: I mean, it's, um, I, I, uh, I think some of the key things that I would say in, in, in terms of what, what you need to focus on, and I've mentioned this already, but um, the experience that your customers get starts from inside the organization. And I know lots of, you know, CX professionals, they talk about this, but I've experienced this firsthand when I was working for O2, it was such, such a great company. And uh, I can recall the, the core values still to this day, you know, bold, open, clear, trusted, and these values, they didn't just, Appear on the wall in reception. You know, we talked about these every day. You know, be bold. You know, challenge the status quo. How can we do this a little bit differently? Be open in terms of your feedback on processes and procedures. Be clear in terms of your communication with others and customers, and demonstrate trust by just getting to know each other and create better relationships and collaborate. And you know, we, we only it only works if it all works. Was a was, was a quote that I remember. And so, one of the key things that I would say, and there's many things, Bob, but just focus on: okay, what are the core values? How can we make sure that we bring these values to life? And um, how can we make sure that we 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 take care of our people and look after our people? Um, because yeah, if you look after your people, then they will absolutely take care of any of your, your customers' issues or needs. So, you know, start with that inside out approach and um, you do that and, and a great experience will just ooze out of the business. So I, I would certainly say, you know, you know, focus on that, look after your people, take care of your people and, um, you know, reward them uh, for, for, for demonstrating the values and, um, you know, catch them doing good things, give them plenty of praise, all that good stuff is, is, is so focus on. I think is it Brian Horn says you can't spell customer experience without EX. I think that's one of his phrases. I like it. <laughs> you like that one? I mean, yeah. And, um, yeah, you can't spell customer experience without EX. And I am thought I said, you know what, Brian? That's genius. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. So focus on the employee experience. Get that right because. I mean, I mean, I left O2 back in 2009, um, Bob, and there's just been a Facebook group that started uh, called the O2 Gang. And I kid you not, there is already 4,500 people on there. And all they are talking about is great things that used to happen in that business. So that's got to be a company that got it right. And they focus on their values. They looked after their people. They rewarded and recognized great, great bits of work. And they, they just created a great legacy that people just look at now and think that was the best company that I worked for.
1: Wow. that That's really a great story. And great piece of advice to end our podcast on is look after your people. And and that, that certainly are words to, uh, to live by. This has been an All Things Considered CX podcast with my guest, gavin scott author of finding gold dust if you've enjoyed this podcast please share it with your network and stay tuned for future podcasts and don't forget to uh, follow gavin scott on linkedin and uh, by all means purchase his book thank you until we listen again together this is bob Asman. thanks for listening to this episode of all things considered cx